0: Hey, I do believe it's time for the weekend. Oh, yeah. But the weekend can't begin officially until we ask the preacher. Ask the Preacher, your weekly chance to have Bible questions answered, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. God had mercy on me, on me. God had mercy on me. Ask the Preacher.
1: Here's John Free. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday, October the 21st to you. It's so good to have you uh, listening to us today. I hope we're a blessing to you. hope you're enjoying the ride home or uh, the last uh, hour of your, your work at the desk there. Or maybe you're already at home and you've gotten you a nice cold lemonade and, and uh, you're just going to listen to this program and, and then fall asleep for the rest of the weekend. Uh, George, George wonderful. Locke from
2: Tech Solutions. So good to have you thank in the you, studio. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back, you beautiful people. Thanks yeah. for having me again this week.
1: Well, speaking of welcome back, I guess I was uh, I was gone last week. You thank covered you. everything. Uh, great job, as always. Appreciate that. Thank you. And um, I, I love the idea how uh, every once in a while, when I'm not here, you you uh, really take the opportunity to help people with their businesses. That's what you do. It's what you're excellent
2: at. That's um, the goal. That's what God's called me to do. And uh, I'm just humbled that He gives me that opportunity. So.
1: Speaking of opportunity, uh, so where I was this past Friday, uh, well, at, at this time in the day, I was actually on an airplane uh, somewhere between here and Phoenix. But over the weekend, and then on Monday, Tuesday, and even Wednesday, spent some time in Phoenix, uh, got to meet some uh, some great people, uh, visit some uh, some great places, uh, ended up getting to go to a Turning Point USA, which is Charlie Kirk yeah, and, and oh his, no. I would like to call it ministry. The Turning Point USA, not... Um, David Jeremiah, but Charlie Kirk, um, and and I and I do say in a sense ministry. You'll understand why in just a moment. Um, but um, there's a, a fellow over there named Jared who who we met with. He runs what's called TPUSA Faith. Uh, it's the faith division. It's a whole division all to itself. It has its own 501c3, and um, they deal with the faith of America, the founding of America, uh, the biblical principles in our Constitution and in our laws that still exist, where those things are being violated, um, what we can do about them. and But the real goal is to inform and motivate Christians across this nation uh, concerning our our biblical heritage that's in this nation. Um, and nice. We talk about that type of thing on this program a lot. We talk about that type of thing at our church, Believers Fellowship, a lot. Um, you know, it's real simple. You love the statement that the only thing that is necessary for evil to reign is for good men to do nothing. And uh, it's, a, it's a very powerful statement. It's very sad that it's, that it's true. I, I wish that evil had no ability to be successful um, and thus have nothing to do about it. It just—evil would not— persist, but it does until good people stand up against it. I, I am uh, highly encouraged that all over the nation, um, people are standing up for what is right, for what is good, and uh, pushing back even, not just resisting, but pushing back and, and taking back uh, some territory that, that, uh, that we've lost, so to speak, in the, concerning the righteousness of America. I, 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 for one, have an incredible hope um, for for the nation, um, however, I mean, let me define that well. It's because many, many, many people are recognizing, you know what? I've left God in the dust. I've turned my back on God. And when we turn our back on on God, um, his his blessing that He would like to pour out to us just can't be received rightly. And and so we experience uh, the the ramifications of evil doing, um God removing, uh, his protection and His blessing—that's on our lives, on our families, on our school systems, on our communities, on our nation—and so, but I'm incredibly grateful that people are recognizing yeah. that and turning back to God.
2: And what, what's neat about that famous phrase, you know, that all takes for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing—it it really stems from the warning that God gave in Genesis, where He says, you know, sin lieth at the door waiting to pounce on you. And evil is a fruit that is produced when sin has free reign. And so uh, it's interesting that God gave the warning that it's at your door waiting to pounce on you. Because if we want to reverse evil, we got to start with cleaning our houses, our own houses, Mm. because we've allowed evil to be in our house. It was waiting at the door. We let it creep in. We've allowed it to destroy the family and also in our own personal lives. It's great that people are getting uh, aware and waking up to the fruit that evil and sin produces and, and are now going, oh my goodness, what, what are we doing? We, we need to turn this around and uh, have a turning point in the USA. <laughs> but uh, it really starts with with cleaning our own houses, and then we can clean our nation's house, as it were. And hopefully we can continue to do that with the elections that are coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, we need to talk about a few things concerning elections um, today, and I also want to mention um, something that we have coming up at Believers Fellowship in just a little more than a week, uh, 10 days actually from today. Every, I shouldn't say everybody, but commonly known as Halloween night, we don't celebrate Halloween at Believers. Um, I personally don't celebrate Halloween. Um, However, it is celebrated all over the nation. Right. And so our church, um, we, we go back and forth, and whether we do an event or whether we don't do an event, but this year we are doing an event, a what we call Hallelujah Night. We're going to give glory to God on October the 31st. So um, it is not a Halloween celebration. We are not celebrating Halloween, but in order to help families have something wholesome and good to do, instead of sitting at home doing nothing and having everybody come beat on your door wanting to steal your candy. Uh, so we're, we're going to have Hallelujah Night. At Believers Fellowship on Monday, October the 31st. October the 31st. That's a Monday this year. Uh, at Believers at 6.30 p.m. is when it will start. 6.30 p.m. will run till 8.30 p.m. Uh, we'll have all sorts of games and hay rides and free food and free candy. And and uh, I think you can still win a goldfish. I'm not sure if that's legal anymore, but we're still doing it. I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have said that on
2: air. Interesting. Why would that be legal?
1: Uh, I don't know. Because uh, PETA loves goldfish.
2: I love fishes because they're so delicious. (laughs) We're all about goldfish in my family. It's a bunch of young kids. You guys, uh, just a reminder, you can call in, join our conversation. You can ask a question that's either on topic or off topic. We'll do our best to answer it from a biblical perspective. The phone number to call in is 863-682-1430. You can also check us out at askthepreacher.com and uh, believersfellowship.com. so that phone number again, join in on the conversation at 863 682 1430. And we'll see you just after this break.
0: Yeah, but now let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church with John and George.
1: John and George are uh, cracking up here. Um, I don't think we could tell that.
2: Uh, probably not. We couldn't. Dad jokes are the best, though the corny corny, terrible pun filled dad jokes are my my favorite. oh man, that
1: was great ah, uh, so uh just a few minutes before the break uh george we we talked there. I, I know we invited people to our um, hallelujah night on october the thirty first but uh just before that, we were talking about how I went out to Phoenix and mm-hmm. met with a, a, several different ministers and a variety of different people out there. Um, but one of the guys, this is where I was going to go to, and and you, you, you set it up so well, um, and you talked about very briefly how God called you to business. That's <laughs> your ministry, if you will. It um, doesn't look like what people would consider to be ministry because it's not formalized. It doesn't have the package that that uh, society has said, well, this is what ministry is. Um, anyway, but you recognize in your own life that who you are and what you do, you're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, you're—and um, so, so going out there to Phoenix, my wife and I and, and, and several others, it was a group of us, um, we met— his name is Barry Maguire. Uh, it's not spelled like Jerry Maguire. Uh, it's spelled differently, but it's the Car Wax, Maguire's Car Wax. Um, by the way, we got to tour his house, which is absolutely amazing. And that's a God miracle story about how that happened. I know the story, but it's am not going to tell it here, I don't think. Um, anyway, but uh, he's got a, a car collection, he's got a, a 1901 car. That he bought. It's an amazing story about the car, why the car was built, who it was built by, for what purpose. It's a. It's the only car ever built to glorify God. There's a story behind that. I don't know the title of the car, but um, it's built with three cylinders, which represents Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's got a massive fish uh, design in the side of it. Um, it's so large that you don't recognize it unless somebody points it out because it's almost the whole side of the car. It's not like a, a fish painted on the. Like an emblem or something, but anyway, which represents Jesus, and um, anyway, a variety of of different things, and uh, that car's supposed to be green, but he had it painted black. And I said to him, "I said, the car originally you restored it to its original build, everything but the paint. Why? Why didn't you just leave it green? Why did you paint it black?" He said, "Are you kidding me?" He said, "Um, "Nothing shows the quality of your polish." Better than black paint, and he said, "I'm McGuire's
2: car polish, you know." <laughs> True business uh, man there.
1: Exactly. It's, it's got to be black. <laughs> he said, "I don't, I don't own a non-black car." And then he said, "Well, my wife owns a white car, but whatever." But all of his cars and all of his museum of cars are all black, and they're that that way for a reason. Anyway, so in talking to Mister Barry McGuire, multimillionaire has his family has been very successful since 1901. Having uh, a a um, what ha- what is now a car wax type product, car cleaning products, um, he loves the Lord Jesus with everything that he is, and he so plainly states that more or less the reason for his existence is to tell people about Jesus. The reason why he has a business is to tell people about Jesus. The reason why he has a house is to invite people over so he can tell them about Jesus. The reason I have a car collection is so people will come and look at it and hear about Jesus. And so he, he says, and I agree wholeheartedly, that every believer, every Christian is in full-time ministry. Yep. And, and you were saying that concerning yourself. It's absolutely true. Whether a person is an electrician, if they're a teacher, if they are a preacher like me, if they are a a computer specialist, an IT guy, uh, a a garbage man, if you work in a fast food restaurant, if you sweep floors, it doesn't matter what you do. If you are a born-again Christian, then you have been given a mission and a mandate by God to win the lost, to share the love of Jesus. That makes you on God's payroll if you will. And wh- what do we do? We expand the kingdom of God. Our our job as as being God's children and God's servants is to expand the kingdom, to tell people about Jesus, to share the love of Jesus, to preach the gospel, uh to win the lost.
2: It's interesting that you you say that I love the words that you're using, kingdom and and things like that. If you guys have been listening for any time, you may know that I'm a bit of a nerd. I love seeing how the (laughs) old. If you can see
1: him across the table here, you're super nerdy. (laughs) Uh,
2: Don't let my handsome voice deceive you. Uh. So, I love seeing how the Old Testament is not something that's done away with. It's uh, not something that can just be disregarded. How the Old Testament. And how the New Testament fit hand in hand. And what's really neat, in the Old Testament, under the old priesthood, there was the separation between the kings, which would come from one tribe, the tribe of Judah. And then you'd have the king, uh, then you'd have the priests come from the tribe of Levi. And they were always supposed to be separated. They weren't supposed to intermingle within those two tribes. The king and the priest were supposed to be different. But now as Christians, Christ has done something incredibly unique. He has made us all to be after himself. We have his nature, and he is both the high priest and he is the king of all kings. He is both king and priest. And now we are supposed to be kings and priests, which is interesting because a king rules over the business aspects. The king controls the wealth. The king controls the taxation. The king controls how governments are moved. He is the the one who runs the physical the whatever you want to call it social mm-hmm. design of the world and the priest is the one who interacts uh, for lack of a better term the religious side of the world and for so long we've been told by the world that no 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 you can't have religion in business and you can't have God in in politics and it all has to be separated but Jesus says the opposite we're now kings and priests your uh, responsibility to provide for your family financially, in my opinion, is on equal footing as telling your neighbor or even your enemy that they need to repent and receive the Holy Spirit and and have their life changed by becoming a king and a priest under God by receiving His nature. So it's it's on equal footing in my opinion, and it's really neat to me to see how uh, this revelation in my own life that we are kings and we are priests. You can't separate the two. They used to be separated, but now in Christ, they're one.
1: Yeah, the, the, the verse that uh, helps us see that is in Revelation. There's two, two places in Revelation uh, that, that speak about it, but primarily Revelation chapter 1 in verse 6 says, and he has made us kings and priests mm-hmm. unto God. Now, some translations will actually say it this way. He has made us a kingdom of priests mm-hmm. unto God and unto his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Um, one of the things that, that delights me, George, about recognizing that, that we, you and I, even though we may not be of that tribe of Levi, could still actually be considered a priest unto God— is recognizing the the order, the duty, the responsibilities, the righteous standards that the priests had to live by under the Old Covenant. They they had to uh, wear certain things, they couldn't do certain labors. Uh, they More or less, the idea was that they're supposed to be an, an element of perfection, right, um, yeah. even offerings. So you have a a, so to speak, we know they weren't Perfect people, because they had to offer offerings for themselves, also, um, and we know that out of Hebrews chapter seven. Speaking of that, but um, but that was the idea that the priests were more or less they they lived a perfect life. Right, the idea, uh, and they these these guys who lived a relatively perfect standard gave offerings from, of perfect sacrifice. You know, so this idea of perfection is my focus here. And then when it comes along in Revelations, and it says, "Now we are made a kingdom of priests, or we are made kings and priests." If you wanted to use the kingship, well, what did I do in order to become perfect? I'm not even born into that family, or am I? Through Jesus Christ, or am or I? Am dun, dun, dun dun dun. So we are born when we receive Jesus. That's that's the whole yeah. understanding of being born again. I'm I'm not of the same family, so to speak, that I, that I was. I was of my father, the devil, but when I become born again, now I'm under Father God. Uh, I, I, am, I am in the lineage of the priesthood. But the joy about it is it, it, that being, being part of the priesthood could be burdensome. Matter of fact, you read through the Old Testament, most priests considered it a burden, and they didn't carry it well. But when you recognize the joy of it, to say, because of Jesus... He has made us perfect, and he is perfecting mm-hmm. us. He brought us and and qualified us to be of the standard that priests were to be qualified under. And because of Jesus, we are not trying to be qualified at that level. We have been qualified at that level. Right on. That is the gift of God that comes through Jesus Christ, and it makes us all ministers unto our God. And we'll talk more about it. When we come back It is almost 5.30 And so uh, we got to take a break For several minutes I hope you will stay tuned in And join us uh, again For another couple sessions here Until we reach about 6 o'clock You're listening to Ask the Preacher Visit askthepreacher.com Find out how you can join the conversation We'll be back
0: Let's get back to more of Ask the Preacher right now Your chance to have your Bible questions answered right now. Brought to you by Believer's Fellowship
2: Church. Here's John Freed. And I'm going to toss it over to George <laughs> Locke. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back from the break, everybody. Hey, the phone number to join in and have your questions answered or join in on the conversation, it's 863-682-1430. And you know, John, I'm, I'm wondering why we don't just save our off-the-air banter for on-the-air on because air. Yeah, some y'all of these the things we, of we talk about in this short two three minute breaks man it's amazing but uh we were talking about just before the break how every christian uh is a minister and whether you're a businessman or a you know teacher or a stay-at-home mom or whatever you're doing in life is. Whatever it is that you do, the who you are is a minister of the gospel. And so keeping this uh, subject, this topic going, John, while we were talking in our our break time here, uh, I asked a question, and we could beat around the, the bush, so to speak, and we could talk for the next 30 minutes about, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. And I think if you're truly saved, you kind of know that that's what you're supposed to do. So being that this is ask the preacher, and you are in fact a preacher, let me ask you, why why is it that it's not normalcy for, I would say, most so-called Christians, and I say that in a term meaning you call yourself a Christian, why isn't this normalcy? Why is it such a stretch? Why is it A difficult thing. Why is it even a topic of conversation on Ask the Preacher?
1: Well, um, in in this is this is not a rebuttal of the question or the intent of the question. Uh, It is maybe a sense of um, understanding as to why it doesn't, so to speak, come naturally. Um, So let me let me rephrase the question. So if somebody is born again, uh, why don't they just naturally want to share? this new life that they found in Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um, I would say this. If somebody is born again, they do naturally want to. Uh, They just may have some fear and some apprehensions. And in defense of it, I I would say this. Jesus had to give the commission at his ascension. So he died. He was buried. He was resurrected. He spent uh, 40 Three seven whatever forty seven days on the earth before uh, no forty days whatever forty days forty yeah. days and so you have ten days left before the um, seven days left before the uh, day of Pentecost. Sorry, my mind went blank there. Some preacher you are. Yeah. No, just kidding. So <laughs> so Jesus has to actually give the commission. He has to actually tell people when he's leaving. Says, hey, go go do this thing. Go preach the gospel. Go lay hands on the sick. Go spread my kingdom. Go expand my my kingdom. Go tell people about me. Um, he actually has to to tell people to go to go do that. Uh, so there must not be in in one sense there must not be this automatic natural go do. Um, I think largely because people have a tendency to hold inside themselves when they are being faced with opposition. Um, Jesus also so plainly said, you're going to find persecution. And so because we have a tendency to know that we're going to be uh, ridiculed, um, mocked, um, maybe even hated, maybe even hurt for the, for the, for, for the sharing of our faith, I think people there have a natural sense of saying, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back. I'm glad I got this. I'm gonna smile and be happy and celebrate inside the fact that I have this. Mm. But so Jesus gives this commission. So because of the commission, there is an automatic change that must take place. Um, and even if it's so to speak, not natural, it's still a command. We still know that we have to do it. So what we find is when we respond to the command of this Great Commission, when we respond to it, we find an incredible joy. We find that the life that we have, salvation that we have on the inside, when we begin to share that with others, even if they don't accept it, even if they ridicule it, even if they mock it, we find this incredible joy that's produced on the inside. Um, I'm going to change the word. We find this incredible power that's produced on the inside of us. Um, Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so when we find a joy on the inside, a joy that comes from salvation, uh, Psalm 51.12, this is David's prayer, and he's saying to to the Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We could change that word there, restore restore unto me the strength that I get from being saved Um, or from the the protection and the life of, of God, there's strength and joy that comes with it. And, and, and so now jump back over to Acts chapter one, where Jesus tells his disciples, you'll receive power after that. The Holy ghost comes upon you and you'll be witnesses for me. Um, and that word witnesses means martyrs. In other words, you're going to share the gospel and it might cost you your life, but you're going to have a strength on the inside in, in doing so. Um, Paul gives a command, and he and he tells us, he says, hey, how are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? And how is somebody going to tell them unless they're told to tell them? So unless there's a preacher, nobody's going to hear. And then he says, and and how will they go and tell, or how will they go preach, unless they are sent? So now my charge would be to, to ministers, uh, to what we call um uh, preachers and people who are pastors and leaders in the church we must be we must it's imperative we must send our people out with them understanding wholeheartedly the mission and the purpose uh, of of being presented and given such a glorious gospel it's not for us to hold it on the inside but rather for us to give it out so that i think there's there's two things why don't people share their faith well one I think sometimes they're simply not told to. Well, Jesus so plainly tells us to, and every preacher should also be copycatting Jesus in that regard and telling people to do so. The second reason would answers. simply be fear. But anytime we've been given a command, uh, we have to let our faith in obeying the command overcome the fear.
2: That's awesome. Good answers, good answers. Hey, we have a caller on the line. James, welcome to the program Hello, James. How are y'all doing tonight? Yeah, fantastic,
1: and I plan on getting better. Thanks. That's
3: great. Uh, I want <laughs> to uh, sh- share something with y'all, if you could, for your listening audience, what you're talking about, sharing your faith. Uh, I want everyone to listen to me and what I'm about ready to say. This is very important. You and you alone can reach people that others cannot.
1: That's right.
3: Listen carefully. When I, what I just said, a pastor, I can prove it to you, a pastor can be able to go to a bike, Riley, a bike, bike rally, let's say Sturgis, with full dress, uniform, and, coat and tie, and he will never reach not one of them. But if you got one of those people who are in that group of Sturgis who is dressed like a biker, guess what? He's also a pastor. He can reach them where a regular pastor cannot. And I can prove it because my pastor tried to do that once. He <laughs> went to a bike rally, and the guy who was – He was talking with it, had tattoos and everything, he was trying to minister to him. And the the guy that he was talking with just happened to be a pastor. And he told me, he said, you're not going to reach anybody here. And then when he found out about it, my pastor was practically crying because he realized he couldn't.
1: Yeah, disregarded uh, because uh, of the disconnection. Exactly. I hang yeah. up
3: and listen to
1: your response. Hey, thanks for calling in, James, and thanks for listening. I know uh, from time to time you uh, you join in on the conversation. We appreciate that, and um, uh, we we assume you listen regularly, and so uh, that's awesome. Glad glad you listen. Um, a matter of fact, a, uh, I, I would well, I was gonna call him a friend, but he wouldn't he wouldn't recognize me if we got in a car accident together. But uh, anyway, a, a minister that I that I follow from time to time, and I have met him and participated in some of his things. Uh, just did a, uh, a big evangelism thing out at Sturgis this past year, and um, they put up a big stage with all the LED screens and the fancy lights, and had a good old-fashioned rock and roll blues band playing and loud music, and and then they would play some of the old gospel greats, and they would get hundreds of people that that would surround their stage, and when he preaches, he preaches fire, man. I mean, he's man, he's he's great. I love listening to him. And uh, man, they saw hundreds of people saved out there at Sturgis. But I mean, they got kind of like what James was saying up there on the stage. It's blues and rock and roll. They're wearing, you know, uh, greasy-looking blue jeans and black leather vests and patches all over. And and uh, and then, of course, they gave away a Harley. That that helps. But um,
2: I got to go to Sturgis.
1: Maybe not <laughs> to minister, not for the
2: bike. To minister, that's right. But maybe also for the bike. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of uh, First Corinthians. You know, Paul's making this comparison. Basically, we're one body, but you know, there's some that are hands and some that are feet, and and uh, the neat thing about being part of Christ's kingdom is that He doesn't require uh, conformity of thought; He requires unity in spirit. And so, it it it's goes to prove, you know, the hand can't do what the foot does. They're designed for two different things. So,
1: yeah, I, I like to think of it in in a sense this way: that um, everyone's ear is tuned to a particular voice. Mm-hmm. My voice is not tuned to everyone's ear. But different ears are tuned to different voices. And so there are people that probably absolutely can't stand even just the natural sound of my voice. It's appalling to them, right? There are people who won't like the way I Call in, tell us your opinion. <laughs> yeah. I'm the people that won't like the way I say something or or the way I do something or whatever. And then you get somebody else who can be delivering the the same principles and and they just they just love it and they just eat it up and it's and it's yeah. helping their life. And it's not that the principle was wrong coming from me or wrong coming from them. It's just the fact that it just, whatever. Uh, it's just their tune. I was thinking of a, of a joke about wives and men and men tuning out their wives' no, voices, but no. that's probably. Don't it. tell
2: those jokes. You get We're in trouble. You are listening to Ask the Preacher. I'm going to save John from his joke and getting in trouble. 863 682 1430. Join in on the conversation. We'll see you in just a few moments after the break.
0: And now the fourth and final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher, Talk Radio 96.7.
1: Here's John and George. Well, see, so now this time you say John and George because last time I messed you up, Eric. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, we appreciate you being on the other side of the, of the glass there and uh, pushing all the buttons and, and making things work. Uh, folks, and we appreciate you listening we we um we hope we're a blessing to you. We hope that um, we help you enjoy maybe the the drive time hour of your Friday and uh, help you get the weekend kicked off well. um you know i I would just i I'd really love to 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 see or to know and to hear that uh, this program um you know, there have been people that have been listening to this program literally um, about to commit suicide, and heard this program come on the air, and decided to pause, and then their life be completely changed. Um, wow. And there, literally, people listening to this program that have had um, pains and, and major ailments in their physical body, and uh, they listen to this station, and so they're just sitting there, maybe in pain nearly all day long, this program come on the air, and they they hear things that maybe they've never heard before. Uh, about the same Jesus that paid the sacrifice for our sin also made the way for us to be whole in our body. Uh, he, he came to give us peace, which is shalom, which is completeness, wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Um, so people have, have found out that God sent his word and healed our diseases, and so they get a hold of that from the scriptures, and 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 find healing in their body. Um, people that have been restored in a variety of ways, and it's not because of this program. That's the power of the gospel. Right on. That's the power of Jesus Christ, and and so I can use His name specific for this in, uh, in parallel with the power of the gospel, because Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. And so um, then I'll, I'll even expand the idea of the gospel and, and just simply say the Bible. Um, because what is written in this book, these are the words of life. I'm holding my Bible in my hand if, if you don't realize that. But this is the book of life. Uh, it, it is the words. I don't mean the book of life that's found in heaven. But it is, these are the words of, of life. Um, you, you find wisdom in this book. You, you find peace in this book. Uh, you find answers to to problems that uh, maybe you didn't know certain problems existed. You find what to do, what not to do. You you find instruction as to what to stay away from the types of things that that cause torment and and pain in life. It's in this book, and then you find the way of escape. Um, and and I'll just so boldly and plainly and clearly say, Jesus is that way of escape. He is our Absolutely, peace. Yeah. Uh, he is our Sabbath. If, if uh, Jesus had come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, take my yoke upon me upon you, and learn of me, then you will find rest unto your souls. There are so many people, George, that are just burdened with life. and Jesus came to give us life and give us abundant life, more abundant life. Whatever you think is full. Well, Jesus wants to give you more than that. Um, David said it this way: "My cup runs over." And and when you look at the the understanding of cup, there are several cups mentioned in the Bible, but one of them is the cup of salvation. And so He will give you peace. Jesus will give you peace. He'll give you safety and a sound mind. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of a, a but of power and of love. And a sound mind. Uh, George, we referenced a few scriptures earlier out of mm-hmm. Romans chapter ten, and I just want to read them. Um, we referenced the the understanding about people needing to preach the gospel and and uh, you know, uh, well, what if people don't go? Well, if people don't go, people don't hear. And so I, I referenced Paul saying, uh, they got to be sent. And so I just want to read that passage of of scripture here. but I want to start just a, a couple verses prior. out of Romans chapter ten, Verses 8, 9, 10, 11, we'll go on, but it says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. It's very close. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's the word of faith that we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or let me say it differently, if you'll say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, your Lord, and you would believe in your heart, not with your head, and not just because somebody else says it, but in your own heart, you believe. That God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, if you're going to believe that God raised him from the dead, that means you believe that he was buried. But before he was buried, he was crucified. He died on a cross for your sin, for my sin. And then he was buried, and that God raised him up into new life. Verse 10 goes, For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. You should be bold about your belief. If you truly believe in Jesus Christ, you're not ashamed, and you won't be put to shame, but you'll be bold about it, happy about it. Verse 12. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, this is verse 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. George, you're a whosoever. I'm a whosoever that means anybody anybody who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved and then it goes on Romans 10 14 15 16 and it says how will they call if they don't believe how can they believe if they don't hear how can they hear if there's not a preacher how will there be a preacher unless someone is sent how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things folks we're here to tell you a good thing Jesus Christ died for you. He loves you, loves you, loves you. And he gave his life for you. And if you call upon his name, you'll see radical change in your life. God will involve himself in your happenings. He loves you. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. We'll be back next week.
0: God have mercy on beyond. Me, me.